Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we hear from all types of fascinating tango professionals. We hear about their experiences, their insights, and through that, we figure out ways to improve our own tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. If it's your first time finding us, thanks for being here. And please take a moment to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. Okay, my guest today was born in Argentina but has been living in the U.S. since 1980 and is currently based in New York City. He is a world-renowned bassist, composer, and music producer. He is a Grammy Award winner and widely recognized as one of the leading figures in traditional and contemporary tango. He has recorded and performed with a number of other well-known musicians, including Pablo Ziegler, Yo-Yo Ma, Shakira, Lalo Schifrin, the New World Symphony, the Philadelphia Orchestra, and many others. Today's guest is also an active researcher and educator, producing programs for the Lincoln Center Institute, Carnegie Hall Neighborhood Concerts, and Arts Connection in New York City. On top of that, he has been a guest lecturer at universities such as Yale, Harvard, and UCLA. All right, I could go on and on, but let's get to the interview. And with me now is Pablo Aslan. Pablo, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, Joe, and all the listeners. It's a great pleasure for me to finally be on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Pablo, uh, how did you fall in love with tango music? Oh, it was a, a long process mm-hmm. as, as I became a musician, you know, to find a, a language, a medium, a professional situation, something that would fulfill me in every way, you mm. know, and, and that's what I found in tango. Mostly as I became a professional I, I, I finished my undergraduate studies. I moved from Buenos Aires, where I grew up, to uh, Santa Cruz, California. Mm-hmm. And when I finished there, I moved to L.A. to uh, to work and to, you know, eventually ended up going to school there. But that's where I discovered tango, like, really in earnest, uh, mm-hmm. both as a as an artistic and professional medium. You know, I, I started working in, in the milongas there in the late 80s, mm-hmm. um, just the, the first uh, wave of people who had gotten hooked by tango argentino. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we I had steady work there as long as I stayed there for a number of years. I was I was going to school eventually at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started investigating tango and reading all the literature and, and listening to all the recordings. So I got I got hooked really, really, really hard mm-hmm. then. And then when I started coming to New York and I was able to translate some of the professional contacts that I had mm-hmm. in L.A. into into jobs in New York, I became part of the of the growing scene. I, I think I was pretty much there from the ground up in New York also, you know, late eighties into, mm-hmm. into the, the thriving nineties where we, you know, we had one of the only, if not the only band in North America that was playing tango at the time, both, both milongas and concert tango. Mm-hmm. With Raul Jaurena. So it's, it, it's consumed my life. And I, I, you know, I go back to Buenos oh. Aires, there's my family and stuff. Yeah. And I've developed a network of, colleagues and i saw the orchestra escuela grow up and i'm mm-hmm. good good friends with all of them and, nice. and the people who are teaching and and i go there i just got back from playing at the tango festival which i tend to do every couple of years mm-hmm. um i feel very much part of the scene over there as well so it's been kind of a it's my life you know yeah nice <laughs> yeah. Well, well growing up in buenos aires uh, did tango have much of an influence on you then you know i mean I'm, i was born in the 60s um and you know 
the music was elsewhere, the culture was elsewhere. Mm. Um, the real vibrant tango was, was of course, Astor Piazzolla. Mm -hmm. um, and everything else was just kind of dinosaurs on black and white TV to me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I got that detachment from moving away and, and I was doing radio when I first arrived in Santa Cruz mm -hmm. that I started really appreciating some of the re records that I did manage to bring with me when I moved like Susana Rinaldi or, or Osvaldo Pugliese or, you know, um, Troilo, you know, some of the more classic um, sound, the more established sound for somebody who was, you know, starting to listen in the late mm -hmm. 60s and early 70s. Mm -hmm. um, so my relationship to the golden era, so to speak, and all of that developed more in the milongas in L.A. and, and subsequently than, okay. than as a kid, you know. I see. Interesting. So yeah. what was your first time uh, like performing tango music for dancers? I, I think the first clear experience of playing for dancers was when we got hired to play at Stanford Tango Week mm. in the, I got to say, early to mid-90s. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, correction, I, I had been playing um, in the 80s. I was playing at the, in the clubs in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, and there was some dancing, let's put it that way. I I'd never really encountered the word, the world of the milongas until that stanford season um wow. but the 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 work that i had in la uh one of the places nora's place that some of your listeners who've been at it for a while will remember mm -hmm. in nora's place there was a little bit of dancing i think it was a small dance floor mm -hmm. at marcela's that, that we left we were there for a couple of years and that was kind of one of the only places i, I remember and i had a lot of uh, um, good friends in 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 the dancing Lorene arbus alberto toledano some of the people mm -hmm. who've been around in la for a long time but I don't. I don't know. There's. I mean, the the one that strikes my stronger impression is is this this experience at Stanford because that's when all the hardcore dancers and mm -hmm. teachers and people from Buenos Aires were, and, mm -hmm. and we definitely had a an experience of what milongas are about and what playing that music mm -hmm. is about. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you are a highly celebrated bass player in, in tango. You know, for a lot of our listeners who are relatively new to tango, I mean, they're starting to fall in love with the dance and the music. Um, of course, when they listen to the music, that this happened to me. But one of the first things that kind of grabbed my attention was, you know, either the bandoneon or the or the violinist or, or the singer. Um, but I think the bass is often overlooked to a lot of those who are new to tango. And can you explain to us, Pablo, why is the bass so important? Well, I mean, you have a, a, a dance music that doesn't have any percussion. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be getting the pulse, the basic pulse from somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we live. <laughs> yeah. We live in the, in the pillars <laughs> of the building, you know, mm -hmm. um, is what you step on. And, you know, and, and it sort of creates the structure. Even when we don't play, the bass is such a prominent frequency physically, you know, mm -hmm. that when we don't play, we create something because... It's it's those moments where you're not thumping away mm -hmm. to be crude, you know. Yeah. Um. That, that you take a, a a moment that that's what makes tango so special is that it's not you know thump 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 for two and a half minutes, you know. <laughs> right. So even when we don't play, we have a lot of influence. But we're there in a way like a referee. We're, we if if we're really good, you won't notice us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Only the players will notice us. You know. Uh -huh. Some of us step more into soloistic role, and certainly when I was working with the New York Tango Trio, that was part mm -hmm. of the of the appeal because we had no violin, um, and so I've done a lot of that kind of playing. But it's mostly about blending in with with the rhythm. You find other parts of the orchestra 
um, help out depending on the orchestration, but you're always there just sort of providing the, mm-hmm. the floor for everybody. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if the bass isn't there, you'll definitely notice that something's wrong. Yeah. I mean, it, after a while, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, especially because of that, you know, uh, just being able to get that foundation and that, and that frequency, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the low frequencies hit you in the stomach is, is a very uh, primal need to have mm-hmm. a bass there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So for uh, also for for some of the newer dancers out there who are really starting to get into tango. So Pablo, what details of the music would you recommend that they listen for while dancing? Mm, that's a great question. You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about the small rhythmic patterns mm-hmm. in tango, um, the, the marcato, which is a steady like march type rhythm and mm-hmm. the syncopated rhythms. But to answer your question, I, I would think that the detail is more about the fr- what, what constitutes a phrase. What's a breath mm-hmm. in, in a tango? What what goes from one point to the other? Because that's what you're doing when you're putting your dance together, I think, mm-hmm. is you're starting from a spot and you're doing a sequence of movements or a phrase and then you're resting. And I see a lot of people not really understanding how the music does that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, you know, it's, you have to, in a way you have to engage your ears. It's not, there's not the thumb thumb to take you through it. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that respect, maybe the bass will help. It's like, when does the bass stop? Mm-hmm. You know, t- turn the bass frequency up and, and just feel when the orchestra is telling you that those moments are to maybe stop and do some figures in place, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to walking, Yeah, you know, because that, I think that will help people have a place to hang their coat. Mm-hmm. as they go inside a tango, you know, it, where you're not going to get it from a cowbell or a, or a you know, <laughs> bandero mm-hmm. or a bass drum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, just, just feel what, what the, the bigger architecture is, not just the step by step, but what, it, you know, what, if you're learning eight, eight count mm-hmm. phrases in your class, how does that relate to the music? And there's a very, I always say, this is, this is basically Mozart. It's mm-hmm. the, the, you know, tango is no more advanced harmonically than, than Mozart. It's, and Mozart is very classical, very, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I think of a colonnade, you know, with, 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 with columns and regular, you know, there's mm-hmm. something like that in tango and the changes of section, you know, can you hear when it goes from the first melody to the second melody, mm-hmm. you know, can, and, and those are the places where you want to structure dance to go there. If you know the lyrics, it's even better. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, one of my epiphanies as I as I learned this music is is to watch Argentine dancers, mm-hmm. which you know in the states for a while I, I hadn't didn't have the opportunity, mm-hmm. and understand how they're following the lyrics because they know where the lyrics are going. They know how many mm-hmm. syllables are going to get them to the next step, mm-hmm. and so that kind of that would pay a lot more attention to that um, than than trying to pick out instruments or, and and everything else will line up because everything about the orchestration is, you know, that's the first thing you do. Mm-hmm. When you write an orchestration or a tango, you just say, you know, what's the bigger picture? And mm-hmm. so if you start getting the bigger picture, then you'll start being able to get, you know, you'll understand when a melody is repeating, mm-hmm. but in a different way, a minute later, it's like, oh, I've been here because I understand this structure, these mm-hmm. these 16 counts that go from here to there. Now I hear them again, but the violin is doing it instead of the bandoneon. But see, mm-hmm. it, it, it gave you a place to a container to understand what, what, what the details are. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So Pablo, you performed all types of tango songs from the golden age to more modern tangos. Just more of a specific question about 
performing golden age tango. I mean, it's one thing for a lot of us to kind of read about that or to kind of look at this from an academic point of view. But while you're performing uh, golden age tango songs, what insights into the history of tango do you gain from, say, really playing the music rather than that you might not otherwise get from reading about it or studying it? Hmm. Well, I mean, you, you strive to sound like those orchestras therefore you're mm-hmm. you're trying to learn it in in many different ways not just the notes but what is it that makes that orchestra play these notes and make them sound like that mm-hmm. you know um it's it's beyond what anybody can write down for you so you're learning to imitate in a way you're mm-hmm. learning to incorporate that into your style in my world being the bass and the things that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. i try to step like a dancer and i feel like you know, I, I've never, I, I respect a, a lot what tango dancers do to learn this dance, obviously. <laughs> and I've never gone through that process more than just like the very basics. I've mm-hmm. never really had the commitment and I, I have enough with music of, of long-term yeah. uh, l- learning. But I do feel like after 30 plus years of playing at Milongas, mm-hmm. I have a good sense of what makes it go and what what doesn't. Mm. And, you know, it's like, well, how is it supposed to feel Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to, you know, and that informs what you do because mm-hmm. you, you play some notes shorter, some notes softer, um, you emphasize certain things. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're learning to breathe it. I guess that's the, mm-hmm. that's the big thing. It's like you're learning to be inside. This is what I was talking about earlier about the phrases. Well, yeah. as a bass player, you, t- you, you guide that process. Even towards the end of a phrase, you may want to slow down very subtly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to play, you know, play Astor Piazzolla's music, you have to have like the one of those slow milongas, like Oblivion or Milonga Danke. Yeah. You have to have an internal pace and an internal pulse to play that. So there's nothing like that. You're in the music, mm-hmm. and you're also responsible for making it happen and feel right. So mm-hmm. that's quite a bit right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a while back, somebody who was a non-dancer and a non-musician uh, was intrigued by tango music after hearing me and asked me very innocently and, and I gave a horrible answer to this person's question and I think that you might be in a better place to answer it than I would and he said hey what makes tango music tango and uh yeah I, <laughs> I heard that one a lot yeah, yeah. I mean there you know mm-hmm. in musical in musical terms you could point to a number of things also in you know first of all in orchestration it seems like there's a certain sound that is associated historically with tango so the mm-hmm. bandoneon and the violin and bass and piano mm-hmm. um, and the singer maybe the guitar so that's one answer it's played by orchestras without mm-hmm. um, percussion and with bandoneones mm-hmm. um, rhythmically the basic tango beat in the dance era because there's many variations of it mm-hmm. is a slow march like mm-hmm. me- music uh with some hints of the old habanera or tango or milonga rhythm yeah. um but primarily a, a, like a march type rhythm mm-hmm. and and what else and tangos tend to be you know there's there's a lot of technical things in there you yeah. know two 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 part compositions and and you can start fleshing it up you know people nowadays i think have a wider understanding of tango and also mm-hmm. because historically there are many types of tango um, because somebody will say, well, Piazzolla sounds like nothing like what you just described. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is why people gave him a hard time for calling his music tango. <laughs> he called it Nuevo Tango. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, and and also the tango, what we really should be calling milonga or habanera rhythm, the mm-hmm. old 
pam, param, pam, pam, which used to be called tango in the 19th century. Mm -hmm. That's not what we understand for tango, especially those of us who are enmeshed in the golden era. That's, mm -hmm. We dance that as the milonga, mm -hmm. right? And if yeah. we hear it, like when we hear it in Pugliese, we say, well, that's a very milonguero tango. Mm. But it's, tango for us is this more like a march. Think of La Comparsita. Mm -hmm. It's a march. So, you know, and, and also this pam, param, pam, pam has become pam, 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 pam. And that you hear all over the world. Mm -hmm. And nowadays you hear it all over the radio. And this is like, there's a lot of, every time I go to the grocery store, I hear mm -hmm. music on the radio. It's, it's that <laughs> rhythm. Mm -hmm. You know, all kinds of artists are doing that. And some people have taken to calling that the world rhythm oh. because it's so, you know, which I found fascinating you know mm -hmm. i saw somebody saying you know this is the world rhythm and here it is like oh yeah that's the milonga <laughs> um you know but it, but it's a rhythm that that really went around the world so there's really nothing special about the argentine version of it mm -hmm. because what really happens when you dance is that you're dancing in march that is not syncopated like that it's straight bum mm -hmm. beam bum bum beam bum whether it's fast in darienzo or it's slow in disarly mm -hmm. you're in four you're you're in a little march that you're feeling every other beat one mm -hmm. and to, and you're stepping on that mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with tam, budem, pam, pum, padum. that makes you want to move your hips and your shoulders and things that you mm -hmm. just don't do in tango yeah <laughs> you know so it's if i'm trying to, i'm trying to be precise in a way no no that's <laughs> you know? that's yeah, yeah that's much more easy to understand than the, the answer i gave <laughs> yeah no I, I don't think there's a short answer i think that's the problem there's yeah. not a short answer you exactly know? yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, a while back, I think it was 2013, 2014, you were at the um, at Reed College. They have this wonderful uh, tango mm -hmm. program there when you work with a lot of musicians. Uh, so when you work with classically trained musicians who want to kind of make the transition into tango, how do you start when you guide them on that journey? Well, if they're classically trained and they can read music, mm -hmm. then we are, in, we are at the beginning of the conversation. Read R E A D. Mm -hmm. um, at Read R E E D, um, mm -hmm. we we had people who were perhaps not as, and I'm not everybody, but there were a lot of people who were not as experienced with what classical musicians do, which is you know you put a piece of music in front of them and they can play it, mm -hmm. and then you build on that. Mm -hmm. So if you've gotten there where everybody has the notes, then what's not on the page um, are little tricks depending on the instrument. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's this feeling of the rhythm without a percussion section so that you can breathe so that you can get to the end of the phrase. So, so that is almost like the work a dancer would do. You learn, you know, you learn to, to make the music come off the page. Mm -hmm. And so again, if you're having problems with musicianship, historically tango has been a professional music. It's not a folk music. It's a professional mm -hmm. music. Uh, everybody who plays in a tango orchestra has some sort of training they can read, they can play their instrument in tune, mm -hmm. um, and and you know it, it, that already that that's several years of training in music, and then you can you can be part of it. I've seen it, and with pianists as well. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that kind of training, it makes it a lot harder. Mm -hmm. If you have the classical music training, what you need is to to sort of loosen your tie, mm -hmm. <laughs> and 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 you know and have a drink and and, and you know and all all that other stuff, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in, in terms of what makes something come off the page and, and which happens when you play classical music, believe mm -hmm. me, when you play Beethoven, you don't just go into some sort of like generic mode, you know, right. that Beethoven, you have to play it in a certain way. Otherwise it doesn't sound like Beethoven. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not on the page that's performance practice. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
Yeah, I got more of a, I guess, a technical question about bass playing. Oh, so when you're playing tango music, do you use a, a French bow or German bow? <laughs> Good one. Um, that 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 refers to for for those who mm-hmm. have no idea what you just asked to the <laughs> grip of the bow. It's mm-hmm. either an underhand or an overhand grip of the bow of the stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started with the underhand with the German bow. I did all my college and everything and orchestra and everything, and I switched because of tango. Mm. So um, and went to the French because that's the way the specific technique, and it has to do with the lightness and springiness mm-hmm. of uh, um, of the tango stroke because we are, again, the bass drum. And so if you are sawing away, as we say, uh, like an orchestral player, it's not going to bounce. And I think people have had experience hearing bands that don't have an experienced bass player where it's like, uh, 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 it's uh-huh. like really stiff and like you're being hammered in every beat, whereas if it has the spring, it just kind of flows better. So that technique has been developed very specifically with that french bow there's like movement of the fingers it's just Mm -hmm. like a whole beauty of a mechanical thing the other bow actually did not have many uh, proponents in argentina i think Mm -hmm. that's where it originated it's just like everybody who moved there who Mm -hmm. started school was was from from italy or 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 or, you know france or places where where you'd have the the so-called french bow that that looks like a violin bow instead of a of an underhand Mm -hmm. um gamba bow yeah yeah, for those of you who don't know the difference, uh, if you look it up online, it's actually very clear once you once you see it. So. French bow, German bow, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it had, but don't you know that's mm-hmm. going that's going in the weeds for a, <laughs> for, a for a tango dancer. That's really let's get deep yeah. in the weeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Pablo, when you're working with uh, a, a new tango musician and you, you know, and you start getting into it, is there anything that tips you off that this person's gonna this person's got it or this person's gonna be a, a good at playing tango? Yeah. Well, if they can play their instrument, mm-hmm. but. Um, as, but more specifically, I get on, on my colleagues' case because there's a lot of people who've come to New York and in general who become musicians and study certain traditions like the Brazilian or Cuban or jazz. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell that they've listened to all the recordings and they know the subtle nuances between one and the next. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come to tango and they haven't taken the trouble to listen to half a dozen recordings and really get to know them. So mm-hmm. um, they can't possibly have the feel for it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that they have the eagerness, but but just go and listen to some records. Yeah, you know, and see what it is that you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think a lot of people just come to tango. Oh, I'd love to play tango. It's like okay, like what? It's like I don't know, Piazzolla. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. so what have you heard of Piazzolla? Oh, I I heard Guidon Kramer play. Okay, all right. So just go home and listen to the whole thing mm-hmm. and 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 get a feel for it because that's going to inform you and those of us who are not in buenos aires the more reason but nowadays it's a lot easier to, to see bands and stuff but a certain knowledge of the repertoire and mm-hmm. how it's supposed to sound uh, i think that so if somebody comes and they can play their instrument but they've never heard tango i just i think that they're long prospects mm-hmm. i wait for them to, to start listening mm-hmm. um and all the musicians that i know here in the u.s were not Argentine who have come to tango from outside is because they've listened to it a lot, either at mm-hmm. the milongas because they dance, mm-hmm. or even from a musical point of view, they've they've gotten hooked on Piazzolla and his recordings, mm-hmm. you know. So I I I think that's that's the best start is to listen to a, a lot of recordings and yeah. to understand what it's about. To listen, yeah, yeah. Just as a personal taste question, Pablo, when you're performing, I guess ten, tango music from the golden age, are there, is there a particular uh, composer or several composers that you really gravitate towards? 
more than the composers of the styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, you know, lately one of my working bands is called the Aces of Rhythm. Mm-hmm. And Aces of Rhythm is a, a name my partner, uh, Pulpo Pereira came up with for, for a uh, basically a Juan D'Arienzo cover band. Ah. Um, and we, we have these like 1950s D- uh, D'Arienzo arrangements mm-hmm. that, that we play. Um, so I enjoy that a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot of fun to play, the style, regardless yeah. of the composer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always enjoyed playing the Pugliese style mm-hmm. uh, or the, uh, you know, I haven't had enough experience playing the Sarli style, which I, which I love, or mm-hmm. Troilo more specifically but um you know there's this you know beyond the composer there's so many beautiful tangos and there's so many that that i enjoy playing that you know it, it it'd be it'd be hard to to to, to narrow it down you know because again it has to do also with what style do you play in it you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I, i'm more of a dancer so i kind of get stuck on the the danceable tangos but tango right. is a musical genre genre is, is much broader than that so right. from what you've been able to observe uh, pablo what uh, how is modern tango music evolving these days um well okay so so this is the way i look at it Mm -hmm. i think we have well everybody will tell you there's three basic branches to tango there's the lyrical vocal there is the instrumental Mm -hmm. and there's the dance Mm -hmm. and they coincide in, in in certain aspects but but they really are three three separate things piazzola would be the epitome of the instrumental style Mm -hmm. and all the modern Composers, there's a wonderful uh, generation of composers um, in in Buenos Aires and 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 around the world. I would mm-hmm. say because you have you have uh, you know people like Charles Grzynski in San Francisco and you have people in Europe writing. Mm-hmm. And, but in Buenos Aires, there's an incredible generation that would never make it to the to the milongas, particularly the the, the writing in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Then you have the vocalists, which are not also not stuff that you'll find in the milongas, the repertoire, mm-hmm. the way they do it, and 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 the new songs and and, and all of that. So that's another one. And what I think is missing mm-hmm. is the new dance music. I'm mm-hmm. obsessed about this because it's it's weird. I mean, yeah. there is new dance music in, in the old style. And I, w- I was just in Buenos Aires last week, and, mm-hmm. I, and I went especially to this milonga. Um, it was in a public place in a shopping mall where they were promising new music. Milonga with new music only, exclusively. And they're starting to do mm. this. Tandas nuevas, they, they call it. Nice. And... and but when you get there and you listen to the stuff is the orchestras such as Romantica Milonguera or right. some of the newer orchestras that are playing basically 1950s style. Mm-hmm. So they sound modern. Maybe the lyrics are modern. The presentation is modern. But the beat is still very 1950s, not even 1940s, 1950s, very mm-hmm. lush mm-hmm. And, and romantic. And so I'm on a quest to challenge people to write contemporary dance music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and notice that I'm not including electro tango because I, I feel like it's not part of mm-hmm. what we do. I think is an is an a surface approximation mm-hmm. to what tango is about, but rhythmically it, it's not tango. Mm-hmm. It's disco music or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of tango on top. I'm 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 looking to to challenge people to make dance music that feels just about right for anybody who's who's doing D'Arienzo or Di Sarli or Pugliese mm-hmm. rhythmically and feel-wise and all the th- stuff we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And But maybe has whatever, electric guitars or noise or whatever on top. And, mm-hmm. and it just has a sound world that sounds more contemporary mm-hmm. and 
invites to dance just as much or more really mm-hmm. than than what we play in every single milonga around the world yeah so that that's the part that i think is missing and, and again I, and i and i'm i'm using your platform to reach out and say people yeah. you know do it and support it mm-hmm. and if you're you know if you're in any way wanted to get involved in in, in supporting this mm-hmm. uh either by buying recordings or by producing recordings mm-hmm. um you know i want to talk to you yeah <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> nice. yeah yeah so pablo with tango there always seems to be something new to learn which is why it's so wonderful so even though mm-hmm. you've just been on this amazing journey with tango and you're continuing on What's something new that you've learned or discovered or rediscovered maybe over the last few years or months? Um, well, since my obsession has been this about danceable music, mm-hmm. I've just been analyzing and, and filtering and trying to understand what makes it go mm-hmm. and and what those musical elements are. And, mm-hmm. and, and also, um, like I was just watching the the final dance by the winners of the tango world cup last mm-hmm. week in buenos aires and looking at them and, and turning down the music and watching how they feel it what is it about the music that needs to be there for them to feel that way so mm-hmm. i you know i guess i would call it the connection between the music and dance is what what i that's been sort of my quest mm-hmm. to really understand what you know why does that music work why do dancers don't dance to like seventies music, seventies mm-hmm. tango music? Well, yeah. what is it about it? You know, um, and you know, I've been making expect. Also, the other the other thing is almost musicology that I've been doing. It's just, I've mm-hmm. been trying to understand the creation of the tango rhythm. What happened mm-hmm. in nineteen twenty that it turned from this folkloric babanera on guitars into what we know, you know, yeah. the the Guardia Nueva, the, that that big transition in the twenties and. Mm-hmm. in Buenos Aires what what was that about and how does it relate to music in the region how you know mm-hmm. it, it just sort of is there's always something and there's so much scholarship nowadays there's mm-hmm. so much to learn now because uh, people have really started investigating in earnest we we went past the the tango history as as folklore mm-hmm. uh, era when I was doing my research in the 80s mm-hmm. and now there's there's such great books and papers on 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 every aspect of tango history we're still, you know, the music college, the understanding the music and mm-hmm. the understanding the relationship with the dance is still in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the study of rhythm is in its infancy and in music in general. So mm-hmm. I think the study of dance is, you know, there's not as big a uh, bibliography of, you know, music and dance together. So that's that more than, than anything else right now. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. So really quick, Pablo, uh, you, you know, a lot of musicians I've spoken to on the podcast, they, they always cite that hearing Piazzolla music kind of blew them away. Now you have actually met Piazzolla himself. Yeah. What what was that like? Um, well, first of all, I grew up with Piazzolla, so, Mm -hmm. so I didn't have that big impact of perhaps not knowing who he was until, Mm -hmm. you know, he broke here. And when his first American recording came out in the mid '80s, I contacted his producer and I said, mm. "We got to do something." And, and I was just very happy that somebody had noticed and paid attention and gave him the platform. And then, when I, I came to New York for the first time, when I was mm-hmm. still in, at UCLA, I, I was um, hanging out with this bass player Andy Gonzalez, who's mm-hmm. a, a big in the scene in New York. And he said, "You know, I gotta, I gotta go see Piazzolla and his band because they're borrowing my bass, and I have to go take it to the studio. You want to come?" Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time I met them. And I met Piazzolla. I was on my way to the bathroom in the studio and he was coming out of the bathroom. So <laughs> I said, Piazzolla, you 
I didn't have much to say. And then, you know, they had a concert the next day. They were making uh, one of his albums and they had a concert the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I hung out with them and then I went to the to the consulate, to the reception. And he actually somebody had spoken to him about me. So he says, wow. I know your story. And then the next year they came through UCLA with the next the sextet and we, I hung out backstage with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other privilege I've had is that I've, I've toured and with just about every musician that he's had in his quintet. Right. I, yeah. I worked with Pablo Ziegler for many years. Mm-hmm. When I did the two Yo-Yo Ma tours in Japan and the U.S., I, I, I toured one with Antonio Agri mm-hmm. and the other one with Fernando Suarez Paz and Horacio Malvicino, his guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've really, you know absorbed that school and, and and had the privilege i was a little too young apparently there was a moment when he had fired his bass player and he was mm-hmm. looking for a bass player and his american producer suggested my name and mm-hmm. he said i don't really know him oh. musically in other words mm-hmm. yeah but he would have eaten me alive and spit the, the, <laughs> right. I, I, you know i'm kind of like you know a little happy that because mm-hmm. i heard that the, the guy who who did take the gig which he was the principal bass at the national symphony in argentina mm-hmm. but he didn't have all the tango tricks and so apparently piazzola was really mean to him wow um so i didn't want to be i was too at a tender age to to um to you know to want to be subjected to that i wasn't ready (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah but i you know i mean Mm -hmm. he knew i i always remember the scene when i went to after the recording we went to the concert and he was at the sound check and i was backstage looking at the stage and Mm -hmm. and and he gets off stage and i must have had like the you know, most loving fan face on me because mm-hmm. he just looked at me and winked and smiled. I'm, I'm, you know, I was just in awe of being around the guy. You wow. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, Pablo, this has been a lot of fun. Um, so how do we find out more about you online? Uh, well, my music is all on the streaming platforms, mm-hmm. um, you know, Spotify, Apple, Apple Music, all of that. There's yep. also uh, um, videos, uh, live performances, and, and uh, my band, Pablo San Quintet, playing some of the uh, Piazzolla project that I did mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. I would say my main albums are something called Tango Grill, mm-hmm. which is a, a set of um, tango improvisations with the best musicians in, in Buenos Aires. Nice. And something called Piazzolla in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which is what I just presented in Buenos Aires, which is a recreation of a Piazzolla 1950s tango jazz recording mm-hmm. that we redid. Those are my main tango works. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a record label called Avant Tango Records, which mm-hmm. I'm you know slowly getting off the ground. Um, so check us out. And, and also, if you're interested in new tango music and you want to help out um mm-hmm. reach out to me i'm very easy to find mm-hmm. um and um you know i'd love to t- tell you about my idea of producing recordings in buenos aires and what the scene is down there mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm around i'm I, i'm i'm spend too much time on facebook <laughs> as you know and that's my my, my main uh, social media okay. um, but I'm, I'm i'm around okay great and now um yeah i'll link to your url and also the links that you sent me in the previous email so that people can look you up and Hopefully, yeah, the newer listeners out there will get into the music and, yeah, and stick. Yeah, my this. website, uh, pabloaslan.com, has links to, to uh, where to find all the music. Nice. Um, and has my sort of my main discography. It's a little work in progress. Mm-hmm. It's just so, so hard to be a digital musician these days. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Great. Digital's for the fingers. Yeah. All right, thank yeah. you, Joe. Well, thank you so much, Pablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Great. All thank right. you. Talk to you soon. Yep, take care. Okay. Wow. That was a lot of fun. 
In the musical world of tango, Pablo Aslan is such a huge figure with such a great wealth of knowledge. I felt like I could have talked with him all day. I wish I had the time for that. Well, there was a lot of great stuff he touched on, and for newer dancers, I really appreciated Pablo's advice on what to listen for in terms of the phrasing of the music, how the first melody goes into the second melody, noticing how there's this structure or conversation going on in the music, and also following the lyrics if you can understand them. All of those elements give us ideas on when to pause or slow down and basically how to move. I also like Pablo's advice for those interested in becoming tango musicians. Aside from being able to read music and knowing one's instrument, it's extremely important to familiarize oneself with tango music simply by spending a lot of time just listening to it. And it seems pretty obvious, but surprisingly enough, not everyone does this. And of course, the act of just listening to music also helps dancers. Anything you can do to get that sound into your system. And it's great that Pablo has an obsession with creating modern, danceable tangos. As much as we revere Golden Age tangos, it's great knowing that Pablo has a desire to move tango music forward. So if any of you musicians out there share that sentiment and are seriously interested in creating, buying, or producing new danceable tangos, please get in touch with Pablo. His URL and contact information are in the show notes. So thank you again, Pablo, for sharing your story, for your insights, and for your many contributions to the world of tango, and for being so generous with your time. And of course, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, as always, please take a quick moment to subscribe, and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, feel free to send an email to wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. All right, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.